Hello and welcome to Carbon Removal Newsroom. I'm Ross Kenyon, lead strategist with the Nori Carbon Removal Marketplace. Today I have with me John Piotti, president of American Farmland Trust. This is the second episode we've done with AFT. We did another one on reversing climate change with Jimmy Daukus about a year ago. Happy to follow back up, see what's happening. John, I hear there's some news with American Farmland Trust. There's a lot of... Uh, of murmurings, you could say about <laughs> murmurings. <laughs> murmurings makes well, it sound insidious, but it, 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 it sounds sounds good that you're working on climate change and agriculture in some exciting way. Well, we've been in this space for almost forty years. From our earliest days in 1980, we've had a focus on on soil health, and and of course, back in the 80s and 90s. We were thinking of soil health from the perspective of building organic matter and uh, reducing nutrient flow and retaining water and all those wonderful things. But those same practices also, of course, sequester carbon. And maybe for the last 15 years, we've been consciously pursuing our soil health work with that goal in mind. And, and I guess the big news is that in the last couple of years, we have really made this a major thrust for us. And we've hired some great people and we're bringing some considerable new resources to bear. And uh, it's an exciting time to be in this space. As, as you know, Ross, this is the issue of our day. We need to address it. Two days ago, Congress had a hearing on, on this topic. Uh, four folks were invited to participate. The only NGO was American Farmland Trust, which I think is a recognition of the, of the role that we've traditionally played in this space. The big news is we're, we're intent on making this the organizing feature of our work. We've been around for 40 years, as I said. We've done amazing work protecting farmland, um, advancing good federal policy around conservation and the farm bill. A lot of work focused on next generation farmers. And climate is really a thread that laces all of those things together in a very positive, powerful way. And that's our primary thrust going forward. How's it been working with farmers on climate issues? Are they receptive? Are they um, distrustful a bit? Or do they sort of sense that this is a chance for them to see an upside and, and participate in some of these solutions? Well, I think it, it varies. Obviously, farmers are individuals and there, there are folks with different opinions out there. But I can tell you this. I've worked with farmers professionally for 30 years and, and really only on the national stage since I came to AFT three years ago. But in that period of time, I have never met a farmer who denies climate change. Now, some of the more conservative ones might, might think it's God's will or it's, it's not caused by man, but they do not deny that it is happening. And that makes sense because Farmers have to be in tune with their environment, and they, they see what's happened. They see the storms that have come. They see the change in weather patterns. They, they know how they're, they're, um, they can't get on their fields when they used to in the spring because it's wetter. They see the changes in the growing season. So there, there are very few, if any, and as I said, I've never encountered any climate deniers amongst the farm community. There are folks who question how we can address it. And there are some, and perhaps appropriately, there are some farmers who worry that solving the climate crisis will be yet another burden put on them. I mean, think about farmers. You know, it's a tough industry. They operate under really tight margins. 
In many parts of the country, farmers are villainized. They're the bad guys. They're the polluters. They're the folks who raise, raise livestock, that the horrible thing that kill animals and things like that. So, so farmers in many cases are villainized. And then on top of that, it's a tough business. And then if we also lay the burden on them, oh, and by the way, you are the solution to the climate crisis. You just have to do all these other things that you don't necessarily get compensated to do. Um, so it's a lot of burden. And I think some farmers uh, see this as an amazing challenge and opportunity. They say, I can have an incredibly positive impact on the future of our planet. Um, and other farmers, quite honestly, feel feel overwhelmed, overburdened, and to some extent uh, villainized by um, a lot of the talk that's been going on about climate and ag. That tracks with my experiences pretty closely, too, from, you know, my experience with farmers is admittedly orders of magnitude less than yours. But we've been pretty successful in talking to people using a, a carrot approach rather than a stick mm -hmm. approach. Mm -hmm. I, think, yeah. I think farmers recognize that if people are going to help them pay to transition to more regenerative practices, if people want to pay for these ecosystem services, there's something to be gained from it. But of course, if you go there and tell them, yeah, you're a problem, and also you need to change everything that you exactly. and many generations <laughs> of your family have been doing, uh, that's, that's a, hard, a hard sell. I wouldn't want to be yeah. in that position. And that's exactly why the, the work that you're doing is so important. I mean, when you come right down to it, what we ultimately need to do is figure out a way of compensating farmers fairly and adequately for two things, right? For growing food um, and for providing a whole range of critically essential environmental services. Right now, one could argue that we don't often even compensate farmers fairly for the food they grow, and we barely compensate them at all for the full range of environmental services, be it wildlife habitat or water recharge or scenic vistas or whatever, let alone carbon. We just don't do that. So we need mechanisms that, that do those things. Right now, really, all we have is the conservation title of the Farm Bill, which provides cost share for farmers who do want to do some things that would uh, be to the benefit of, of the land long-term. Uh, but that's not enough. And we really need a number of market-based solutions uh, along the lines of what you're pushing for, coupled with better, smarter policy. I, I think it's a, you know, some people think that the, the marketplace can't solve this. Others think the marketplace is the only answer. Um, I'm a diet and exercise kind of guy. I, I think you need both. I, I think we need the kind of things like you're doing at Nori to advance things in the market world. We need we need um, efforts like what's going on um, along the supply chain with General Mills and other groups who are trying to get the farmers who are providing them with product to switch practices. We need those efforts in the marketplace. And then we also need a very robust federal policy program that is uh, rewarding and paying farmers um, for providing the right environmental services. That's my take on it anyway. I'm curious about your reactions. <laughs> well, fair enough. We try to be, we don't want to be dependent on policy since that's quite out of our control. Mm -hmm. But we can recognize that there are places where policy can be quite a big lever to pull. Exactly. And, and the details have always matter quite a lot. So we always want to nerd out on those details rather mm -hmm. than, you know, anything else. I think that's the correct way to go. But it seems like in general, agriculture is moving in a more regenerative direction. And 
everyone's talking about it. It's in the Democratic yes. primaries. Like in the primarians are, are speaking about it frequently. What is yeah. happening? Why is it why is it the cool kid all of a sudden? Well, it, it really has changed. And I'll give you an example of that. Um, a little over a year ago, I was in California for uh, Jerry Brown's Climate Action Summit. And the wonderful uh, secretary of food and ag in California, uh, Karen Ross, you know, Karen really wanted to push of the governor to have climate nag uh, play an important role in that international event. And she's a very strong-willed woman, very smart, very well-connected. And to be very blunt about it, she really didn't get that far. The, the event itself barely talked about agriculture. And when it did, it talked about it in the ways we've all heard about, about how, how agriculture is a major greenhouse gas emitter and how all the horrors of, of, of livestock production didn't talk about it as a, as a solution. Now, Karen, to her benefit, did get an add-on day on the front end and, and gave AFT a chance to play a big role in that. So we began to raise some consciousness, but we weren't part of the big event. That was only a year ago. And now everyone and their brother is talking about regenerative ag. So what happened? We might look back this uh, historically as being one of the most critical turning points in human history. To, to maybe sound a little overly melodramatic about it. But it really has been a sea change in just the last year. And I think it's two things. Um, partly it was the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change's report, not the one that came out this summer, but the one that came out last fall that basically said we will never meet the Paris Climate Accord goals simply by reducing our emissions. We have to also take atmospheric carbon and, and put it back in the soil. Um, I think that really was a turning point. And then I think the 2018 elections had a lot to do with it as well, because with the, with the House changing, to Democratic, you finally had an opportunity for voice on some of these critical issues. So historians might come up with other factors, but those are the two things that, that I point to. I don't know what did it, but it's been wonderful to see uh, this change. And you know, there are some challenges here. We still have a heck of a lot of work to do. Uh, and between you and me, I, I worry that everyone and their brother thinking about regenerative ag means they sometimes miss some of the details and nuances. It is the, the newest, latest, hottest, brightest thing. And, and uh, sometimes bandwagons are, <laughs> have, have problems as well. Um, but nonetheless, it is great to see the attention and interest. And I think we can build on that. We can take the people who are excited about this give them a more nuanced understanding of some of these issues. And I think we're, we're poised to make some real change. Yeah, I think your analysis is, is pretty spot on. The IPCC report definitely validated carbon removal and regenerative ag in a new sort of way. That was exciting for us to watch too. It's seemingly because we, we've been doing Nori for about two years now. And it's it's been it's an entirely different universe than when we first mm -hmm. started working on this. It's been very exciting. Yes. Well, how can people follow your work and, and what's coming up with AFT? And if people want to follow you and make sure that they don't miss anything, how should they do it? Well, you can certainly go to our, our website, which is uh, farmland.org uh, and, uh, and follow us there. And American Farmland Trust is a fairly comprehensive website. You have to sort of search around, even though 
carbon is front and center and regenerative ag, I believe, is right there on our homepage. You'll want to dig in and learn about some of the projects and work that we do because we are active across the country on some some pretty uh, interesting things. And then beyond that, you can become a member. Um, it, it costs you 25 bucks a year. Believe me, we don't make money on you. The newsletters we send you cost more than that. But what we really need is a growing body of people who are aware of these issues and are willing to spread word to their friends, get involved politically, um, advocate. And the only way you're going to stay in tune with all of that is to become a member. So I urge people to go online, drop the 25 bucks, and stay informed and stay connected. Great. I'll put links in the show notes, listeners, in case you'd like to do that. And John, this is me going out on a limb here, but I have to think that if I wanted to, you're the guy I could ask to put me in touch with Willie Nelson. Is that, <laughs> is that true? <laughs> I don't know the man. Um, we have in the past been involved in some farm aid events, but uh, I was going to ask you the same thing, Ross. I thought you were well connected. <laughs> I, I like to think I am, but uh, I'm not nearly cool enough to have him on, on my uh, speed dial there. But I thank you for the kind words and, and vote of confidence, John. Uh, well, thanks for joining me. I'm, I'm really happy to, to have had you on. Well, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to be here. I applaud what you're doing. I think the, the market side of this is critically important. We need all parties taking a bite at this. It is the issue of our time. Absolutely. Definitely. We're all on the same team. We need many approaches, trying out different things. And there are so many stakeholders. In fact, it's probably the whole planet. And we got to be working together on this. So thank you for all the valuable work that you're doing as well, John. Thanks for us. Thank you. And if you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or on Stitcher. And thank you so much for listening.